Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Founders in LA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight through the product lens on some of the exceptional founders we have as part of the LA startup community in an unedited, one-take organic conversation. With us today is Lee Robinson, fresh off the stage from Techstars LA Demo Day. Really excited to have you in the studio here, Lee. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. Um, just moving from one stage to another. It's kind of what this feels like right now. Oh, it's this is awesome. It's going to be an amazing ride. I'm really excited to, to learn more about Dirt in a second. But first, a word from our sponsors. Founders and LA is brought to you by United Club. United Club is a co-working space that sets itself apart with locations in El Segundo, Manhattan Beach, and Hermosa. United is where cre creativity flourishes. Unlike traditional offices, they provide an inspiring environment where ideas can thrive and businesses can grow. With United, there's no hidden fees, flexible terms, options for dedicated offices, and unlimited access to conference rooms, a photo studio, a podcast studio, much like this one, plus standard and 3D printers, 24-7 access to any of their locations. They're local champions who support neighborhood businesses, open their event spaces to nonprofits, and celebrate art, music, and culture. Join United Club and experience co-working like never before. Learn more at www.unita.club. We're also brought to you by the Product Managers Association Los Angeles, available at pma.la. They're the largest professional organization for product and designers in LA. With more than 3,000 members from over 500 companies, they host monthly meetups, organize the Product Leader Council, and have a mentorship program where they connect working product managers with students from underrepresented groups to help build a more diverse and better next gen. To learn more about PMA, go to pma.la. To learn more about the mentorship program, go to pma.la slash mentorship. Our guest today is Lee Robinson. He's the CEO and co-founder of Dirt. That's D-Y-R-T. Uh, and Lee, can you just give us a, a 30 second description of Dirt? Yeah, well, first again, thanks for having me. Um, Dirt is revolutionizing the way commercial businesses manage their food waste, uh, preventing everything from going to the landfill, processing as close to the source as possible, and eliminating diesel emissions from all those wonderful trucks driving around every day, picking up our trash. So That's it's... Pretty simple. We do it faster, cheaper, and more efficient as close to the source as possible. Yeah. How does that do that? How does that work? Yeah. So we have a piece of proprietary hardware um, that allows us to basically take a giant compost facility and compact it down into a shipping container. Interesting. Because all the technology inside of it fully automated. Um, and then because food waste is actually uh, not very bulky, it's just dense and heavy, we can eliminate the dumpsters and collect in smaller bins which means we can process closer to the source with less space and less trucks driving. That's awesome. It's funny as a, as a father of a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, there's, there's a lot of food waste that happens in my, an unfortunate amount of food waste that happens in my household on, on a daily basis. I have to imagine, you know, Amplified that works. It probably happens a lot in most restaurants, most places you go stadiums and stuff, but, uh, like a Chuck E. Cheese or like something that's like aimed at kids. Is it just like, it's just an, an immense amount of, food waste that there's just like going going to waste if it's not properly used like pro not properly processed yeah well i can definitely relate happy father's day oh thank you too day. yeah we, um, recording this yeah. the day after father's day <laughs> uh we have a three-year-old as well another one on the way and our food waste quadrupled when we had one kid <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so when you look at event-based activities like stadiums they'll produce three thousand to nine thousand pounds in a single game oh. of food waste and this is mainly pre-consumer. So this isn't even including the compostable cups and plates that we're using. Uh, but then you go to, yeah, Chuck E. Cheese or a restaurant or a hotel or even worse, an all-you-can-eat buffet. They oh, just that's keep right. putting the food out. So 
in a small restaurant could easily make 50 to 100 pounds or 300 pounds for a medium-sized restaurant in a single day. And now with the new laws, they have a dedicated bin outside their building. So this is where it gets really exciting for the business. They fill okay. up that bin. The sun starts cooking that food waste, that chicken, the oatmeal, all the greens. And all of a sudden, you have just this giant smelly pile sitting behind your restaurant. Behind your restaurant. <laughs> so... Oh. It's a it's a pretty unpleasant experience um, for the restaurant and the guests, and this is one of the reasons I love my job because I literally get to go talk to customers and then say, "Hey, can I go look at your trash area?" Because <laughs> no one ever asks that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic segue. Uh, you know, part a lot of the purpose of this podcast is to learn more about the the founders behind the stories behind the founders. So, how, how did you find yourself? in this position, I imagine you didn't grow up as a kid thinking like, how can I ask people about their garbage behind their restaurants? Uh, how, how'd you find yourself in, in the, to this place? Ah, uh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I grew up standard middle-class family and, uh, never really thought about it until somehow I got accepted on a small scholarship to a tiny little college in Vermont where my parents and all my friends thought I was crazy because they had oxen pulling trash carts <laughs> and, <laughs> and at the at the college. At the college, wow. um, we tapped around maple syrup. Uh, it was pretty pretty cool liberal arts college. Um, and I turned my first compost pile there. It was very circular uh -huh. economy in the campus. Only four hundred or so students, roughly. And uh, decided to be a farmer afterwards. It's like this is a great life. I live in Vermont. I get to farm. I go skiing a lot. Rock climbing. You know, really connected to the planet and yeah. uh, had a little homestead with goats and chickens and giant vegetable garden. This was you after college or yeah. this, this was in Af college? After college. Um, oh, wow. I went from weird college degree to farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that went over well with the parents and grandparents. Yeah. You know what? My parents are pretty lenient. They're like, just be successful. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. That's great. So they were supportive, which was great. Um, but I decided to leave uh, the farming life and get into this small company called Segway. Okay. Um, revolutionizing. Then small. Transportation. Yeah, yeah. kind of small. They're starting to build their international channels. They'd raise a bunch of money, had a really cool, brilliant product. Um, but they hired me to actually run tours uh, because they realized tours were big money because people like to ride Segways. Right. So end up setting up tours all the time, traveling a lot, and then um, bounced around after that around the country. Uh, lived all over the place. And my parents thought it was crazy because every time I go back home, I take the food scraps and just like chuck them in the backyard. I'd be like, this is going to be your new compost pile. And they're like, no, no, go pick it up and throw it in the trash. <laughs> oh, wow. So even, <laughs> even as like, you know, running, running things at Segway, still, still this composting was in your blood. It's still in your mind. Yeah. Still my mind, you know, same like farming in general, like everywhere I've lived, I've always had chickens. I still have chickens here in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm that weird guy that also raises his own turkey for Thanksgiving every year. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, I got a little homestead here and a farm here and, and bird is what brought me back to Los Angeles. So kind of a weird, yeah, the, sc the scooters bird. Yeah. Micromobility phase of my life. We get 10 years of micromobility, uh, 12 years of micromobility. And, uh, with bird is just constant travel. It was their fundraising. We were setting up Europe and then setting up other cities and supply chain and engineering. And, you know, over all this time I was traveling and I started to remember every time I go to a hotel, I felt bad throwing the food away. So I would take it and I put it in my little tiny mini fridge saying, I'm going to eat it for breakfast. And then I would just leave it in the mini fridge because no one ever eats their leftovers yeah, for breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we'd go in the landfill, right? And go in that smelly dumpster and 
you know, the, as I got towards my, the end of my stint at bird, I was like, I'm going to go start a composting business. It sounds like fun. And there's lots of trash in this world. <laughs> uh, and it is fun. I didn't realize how much trash we actually produce. And that's when the problem just started to turn into now a startup, not a drive around, collect a few small buckets. Because if you want to make a dent in the 27 million tons without building 63 Ooh. Dodger stadiums to handle Los Angeles, we have to find a better solution. And um, it's funny because if you think of our solution that we use today, it was invented called the Dempster Dumpster and the Dempster Dumpmaster in 1935 to hold our trash. And that Dempster Dumpster looks identical and the landfill looks identical. And so there's literally been no innovation in almost a hundred years. Wow. And it just an, an amazingly increasing problem. Yeah. An amazingly increasing problem. And I must say, we are really good at making that problem disappear. Uh, and once it's out of sight, out of mind, people tend not to think about it. And by disappear, you mean just like out of sight, not not actually like we're not solving the problem. It's just like we just have dumps, we just have landfills in the middle of nowhere. You're not actually visit. It's yeah. not visible to you in your everyday life. Yep. If you can't see it, it's not your problem. Um, it's, we're we're great at that status quo, making it go away. Yeah, yeah. As as a, as a society, it definitely it definitely it definitely fits what what we see and do. Uh, that's fantastic. So this this I, this this thread throughout your life really was kind of this connection to the land and, and solving and seeing, seeing these, this problem of compost, how to make it, you know, this, this waste that we're doing and put it into place. Uh, and for your perspective, you know, having been successful at, at sustainability companies like Segway and, and bird and would you call it micro micro transportation yeah micro mobility of sorts micro mobility and so it's almost like you're applying the principles that you learned there to this ability to to bring these composting technology to the people it's like the la you're like the last mile if you will of of composting yeah uh, i like to think of it as a the last mile of composting we are the doordash of trash and <laughs> Um, innovative technology that allows us to do it. And it took us a long time society-wise to actually, you know, kind of bring this technology to market and develop understanding of it. But people are actually starting to realize climate impact now. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, Tesla and the early adopters in the EV space and solar, how solar took years to come to market. And now, you know, trash is coming to light because people are realizing there's this other gas, methane that comes from landfills, there's diesel burning trucks, um, just basically any type of transport is not sustainable and landfilling is not sustainable. Well, well thank goodness there's people like you who are, are identifying the problem and, and not just, you know, having an idea and not doing with it. Uh, again, uh, Lee Robinson fresh off the, the Techstars <laughs> demo day stage. Congratulations on that again. Um, grounding this in LA, that was Techstars LA. Um, what is the the most LA thing that's happened to you? Uh, it could be tech related or not. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, I'm not good with movie stars and actors, and my wife. I don't even use social media, which I should be doing more of. But my wife does, and we'll go through LA. We'll go to the rooftop bar or out to dinner, right? And we'll get home, and she'll be like, "Oh, did you notice we were standing like right next to like this actor actress?" I was like, "No, I had no idea." <laughs> And she's like, they would love to be your friends because you literally don't know anyone. And that's probably what they're looking for. Oh, it's so <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's a very L.A. thing. It's like a lot of times you'll, you'll, you'll be in a restaurant or something and you'll be like, do I recognize that person? Where do I know them from? And you like think back in your bank, like find them college, like early, early times living in L.A. from back home. And you're like, oh, no, I know them from that AT&T commercial. Like, 
Yep. It's uh, it's super LA to 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 to. I'm also very not very good at recognizing folks. So uh, I hear you, Lee. Uh, well, thank you again for for coming by and sharing your story. Um, you can learn more at uh, www.dyrt.com. Co. Got co. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dyrt.co. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsors, PMALA and Unita. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening to us. And if you like what you hear, smash that subscribe button. And uh, thanks again for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on Founders in LA. Mm-hmm.